Hi everyone, this is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show, and this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. And I'm really enthused and excited to have Steve Powell on the show. So Steve is a consultant and a board advisor serving early stage technology companies. He's a principal at Hillwork. I'm not gonna steal his thunder. He's gonna tell you about his story what he's doing in health and what, what excites him about health. But again, I'm not going to steal thunder. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks, Anthony. I'm excited to be here. I'm very passionate about health. Awesome. Awesome. Well, well, Steve, you know, same here. I'm really enthused to have you on. I know we've had some conversations about health, health technology, the industry, but obviously this is about you and kind of, I, I'm always fascinated to hear about the, the purpose, the drive, why someone's attracted to health as an industry so maybe you can teleport us back and tell us a little bit about your upbringing, maybe the you know the series of events that you went on through in your life that led you uh, to become the person you are, or, or said simpler, <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about your origin story. Sure, I have uh, been interested in health from you know a, a wide variety of of kind of different angles. Uh, you know, certainly I have interest as a technologist. I'm uh, an electrical engineer by background. I've had uh, definitely interest as a business person. You know, I'm a uh, kind of a longtime veteran of startup companies in both Silicon Valley and Seattle. I've certainly had it as an investor. I've invested in a number of of, of life sciences and digital health companies. Uh, I've had uh, experience as a recreational athlete. If, I guess if you call what I <laughs> do athletics, uh, uh, certainly as a patient. Uh, 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 you know, I, I, I do have a chronic disease, uh, and even as a blogger. So I, I've, mm. I've seen it from a lot of different perspectives. Mm. Mm. No, I, I, I love it. I love it, Steve. And, um, I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, I know you mentioned, um, you, you know, you, you were diagnosed with something a, a while back. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey in respective to, you know, what you've seen with, you know, that diagnosis, um, what's, what's happened since then, you know, maybe on a personal basis and how does that, uh, not to fit 15 questions in one here, but you know, how does that, you know, your, your personal experience correlate with the way that you look at the health, uh, the health market or health technology market? Absolutely. So, uh, I think that there's a very, you know, interesting thing that, uh, that many doctors are actually willing to admit, but, uh, but isn't perhaps widely understood which is that, you know, medicine is, you know, really a lot about, you know, trial and error. And I really uh, discovered this when uh, I was uh, diagnosed uh, in my 30s uh, with type 2 diabetes. Mm. Uh, at that point in time, I was uh, training for my uh, fifth marathon. I had already, uh, uh, I was an avid cyclist. I had ridden uh, a one-day, you know, double century, you know, the Seattle to Portland ride. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in terrific shape, and yet uh, I was uh, diagnosed with a disease that is typically characterized by people being overweight or obese. Mm -hmm. So that that kind of started the journey. Oh wow, wow! And um, tell me a little bit about that. So you were diagnosed. Um, the 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 kind of the initial reaction and probably potential like micro trauma of like how do I deal with this? Why me? You know all those emotions that go in. What, what started clicking and what changes did you do right away? 
what took a little bit longer? What did you find along the way? And what did you have no regrets on, on changing about, you know, any personal habits or the way that, you know, you were doing activity or nutrition. So I'd love to hear what happened kind of, you know, afterwards and what are the key insights that you found that some of our listeners can find some, some interesting insights and value to. Well, I think that the, probably the, the biggest takeaway is that, uh, we learned, I learned that, uh, that this whole field uh, of, of medicine is, is still really uh, emerging. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the first, the first issue was, you know, really one of diagnose, diagnostics, which is mm-hmm. to kind of figure out exactly what I had because I wasn't overweight. You know, the first set of testing that went on was, well, what, do I have a type one diabetes or more accurately, do I have a type 1.5 or LADA, the late adult, you know, onset diabetes? Mm-hmm. Uh, did, did I have that? I think once they kind of determined that my, uh, my pancreas, you know, was still functioning, that I was still producing insulin. They said, "Hey, this is this is a, a case of type two diabetes." Mm-hmm. Uh, they then proceeded to put me on what at the time was the you know American Diabetes Association diet, and uh, they put me on the standard uh, course of drugs. Uh, you know, first with metformin and then glimuride, and you know, mm-hmm. continue to escalate until you're you're at this place. And one of the things that I was really finding was that the pathology of the disease that I had uh, didn't actually really respond to the traditional standard of care. So uh, I'm getting more and more drugs. Uh, I'm getting higher and higher dosages. I'm getting a cocktail of drugs. I get to the point where every night I'd come home from work at 7 p.m. Um, uh, um, uh, 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 I'm on the couch, you know, mm-hmm. laid out, and uh, things just still stopped working. And so mm-hmm. I had to look for alternatives. Wow. Well, and, and, and uh, along those lines with alternatives, um, fasting, right? You know, trying to stay away from carbs, trying not to eat a loaf of bread every day, right? There's so many things to do and not do. That's what did right. you find? What did you find along the way? What what kind of like rhythm really seemed to you know dial in in that intersection? Yeah. Of, so uh, of willpower was, and nutrition and activity. Yeah. So this was actually in the early. Uh, uh, 2000s. And so uh, mm-hmm. I had read a really motivational alternative book. It was called, you know, Dr. Bernstein's Di- Diabetes Solution. Mm-hmm. And more or less, it wasn't named at that time, but more or less what he advocated was um, uh, was basically a modified version of keto. So it was mm-hmm. extremely low carb, uh, practically unlimited on, uh, you know, the animal proteins and, and things of that sort. And uh, that worked really, really well in the short term. Mm. You know, of course that was before we knew about keto cycling. Uh, that is before we actually understood about the harmful metabolites of, of animal proteins and mm-hmm. how they got bacteria. <laughs> it was before mm-hmm. we knew, uh, about, uh, uh, autophagy and the benefits of mitophagy and fasting and all of that sort. And so mm-hmm. ultimately what I got myself in was a situation where, uh, 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 you know, kind of that, therapeutic regimen worked until it didn't. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that that's actually where I personally went through a situation where despite doing all of this, I personally got uh, uh, pneumonia twice in a four year period, because even though I could keep my, you know, blood sugars kind of under control on a day to day basis, mm-hmm. the moment that I got sick, uh, uh, the blood sugars would rise and there was no really good way to control it. Oh, wow. Uh, and so, uh, so I got in this, these really weird 
loops. And this is actually where, uh, you know, I, uh, through some additional research, you know, research had come, uh, you know, further along the way, I kind of got to learn about the role of both gut bacteria, you know, the microbiome and, uh, 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 as well as the role of autophagy and mitophagy, you know, mm-hmm. for healing. I love it. I love it. And then contrast that for me. So on, and that's on a, you know, this is a, you know, very personal on a micro level, you know, when you look at health, the health market or health technology market, you know, we're, we're going, moving away, like you're mentioning from diagnostics. And now it's like, okay, diagnostics are pretty solid. We can kind of determine the state and the scenario and reality of health on a personal basis, or we're getting there. Now it's about taking action. What are the right prescriptive elements to match to whatever diagnosis we have? Um, how would you, with what you've gone through, how does that parallel to maybe some of the solutions you're, you're seeing out that are very promising from a population perspective, population health, whether it's, uh, you know, new types of drugs or more, it's just, just more education about, you know, what ketosis is, what fasting, intermittent fasting can do, why it's important to stay away from carbs, why it's important to have good gut health, any innovations that you're seeing out in the market from a product or technology standpoint that you, you, you feel like there's some, some merit to? Yeah. Well, I, I think the first thing that I'm actually uh, optimistic about is, you know, as an, I mentioned, I was an, uh, an engineer uh, by background. And I think that the, probably the first thing that, uh, that kind of turns me off and where I realized that you know the the care that I was getting back in the uh, you know back in the early two thousands was mm-hmm. was awry was that I was given a blood pressure meter mm. <laughs> and, or blood sugar meter I was mm. given a uh, blood glucose meter and I took my uh, my blood sugar all the time I don't know I probably took it ten times a day and I took data uh, around everything that I was doing mm-hmm. uh, you know even things like uh, hey if you uh, if you go work out, uh, your blood sugar will go down. And in mm-hmm. fact, the reality of it is, is that in the short term, your blood sugar goes up uh, mm-hmm. after you uh, after you work out. And the reason is, is that the the blood sugar that we now know, the blood sugar gets released. Uh, you know, the glycogen from in your muscles gets released into your bloodstream, and because you're insulin resistant, uh, you don't you don't re- reabsorb it fast. Mm-hmm. You know, they they now begin to understand that, but but so much of medicine had to be taken engineering discipline and had to get much more evidence focused. And mm-hmm. so I think that the, the, that the big thing that I'm actually, I think seeing in healthcare is that there's just, I think a lot more willingness to, uh, uh, to be a lot more evidence focused and to mm-hmm. take a much you know, better engineering approach, uh, really looking for root causes, you know, rather than just uh, 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 addressing the symptoms. Right. Right. No, I, I love it. I love it, Steve. And, you know, I guess along those lines, um, you know, where you're at today on a, uh, on a personal basis, I'd love to hear kind of like the day in the life or like, you know, say you have the next, you know, two weeks to really, um, to really dial in on your health, like, like never before, like, what's your, what's your current routine like now? Like what really works? Like when you really need to be in optimal health, stay in optimal health, what do you, what do you eat? You know, do you go to bed early? Do you go to bed late? Do you, are you running? Are you, are you cycling? Are you running? Are you staying away from all carbs? So maybe walk me through kind of a week in the life of Steve and your oh, yeah, yeah, sure. scenario. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, so one of the first things that I actually did, um, and, uh, I don't know if you've ever had, uh, Mark Sisson, uh, on this program, but, uh, Mark, Mark writes a, uh, uh, a blog called Mark's daily apple. 
and mm. he was a former triathlete and you know he he characterizes uh something very harmful which i used to do which was called chronic cardio so mm. uh, he was a former triathlete and he actually realized that at that point in time even being a professional triathlete he was in uh, some of the worst shape in his life mm -hmm. and uh you know he has really actually gone really much more toward uh you know what he calls uh you know the the primal uh the primal uh, 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 workouts, which mm -hmm. are really about how you build kind of a baseline of like very sub cardio activities. So for me, I've done my own heart rate monitoring. That means like running at like 11 minute miles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're running really slow. Right. So it out the best thing to do is you build the bottom of your pyramid on, you know, very, you know, sub cardio stuff. You augment that, uh, you know, twice a week with uh, strength training, and then once a week you do interval training. So that's kind of the exercise regimen. Mm. I think the, the the really important you know element though is that as you learn with any of this stuff, uh, kind of eighty percent of the management of all of this is uh, is diet. Right. And so uh, uh, so really, it's about you know for me, it's been about uh, uh, periodic fasting. Like I'm a big fan of people who are doing like things like the the 16, eight intermittent fasting where you fast for uh, 16 hours and you have an eight hour eating window. Right. I found that for me, because I'm trying to actually repair a disease, the better thing to go do is to go on uh, periodic fasts of three days or longer. Um, and that really kind of allows uh, that uh, ketosis to actually really, really kick in. Right. One of the things that you find actually is that uh, when you do that kind of pure fasting, Day one is easy. You burn off your glycogen stores. Days uh, two and three are kind of hard. You know, right. while you're going through gluconeogenesis, and day three on is like cake because uh, because you're now just fully in ketosis and you're not right. really craving anything anymore. Right, and you're feeling good. You're feeling high <laughs> energy. You don't want to you don't want to knock your energy off. Right, you have mental clarity. So it's yes. awesome. At the same time, you're uh, 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 getting back onto food isn't hard because even though uh, you've got you know, this kind of unprecedented mental clarity and you think that you have the high, you know, at some point you want to re-engage in social activity, you know, with friends and others. So you want, you're motivated. You're saying, Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going out to a cool thing with friends, you know, in a week. And so, Hey, I got to start ramping back up on food. And so, you know, you can't fast all the time. And so it, it provides a really good way to, uh, to be able to manage disease by just kind of fitting in, you know, a different eating pattern in your life. Amen. Yeah, no, absolutely, Steve. Um, yeah, it's, you know, as you're describing kind of this ultimate standard, you know, and I've gone through this a little bit, and probably you have as well. I'm curious on your, your thoughts and, and maybe even advice on what you've seen too. So when you do, you know, kind of like non-conventional habits with health that are, are healthy and super healthy and super high standard where other people some, somehow, you know, they haven't gotten to bring themselves to that level of willpower yet the alienation, right? So you alienate sometimes friends and family. How do you deal with that? You know, when you have <laughs> family, you know, uh, yelling at you during, you know, um, <laughs> um, um, you know, holidays and saying, you know, come on, please eat this. You know, I made this full macaroni and cheese. Like, aren't you going to eat something? Oh, you're looking so skinny. You're looking so unhealthy. The guilt pile piles on. How do you deal with that? Maybe it's easier said than done, but I, I've always no, I, I think with that. that. I think that what's important to uh, uh, to kind of realize is that uh, if you think of a, the analogy of uh, of it being like uh, a bank account, right? Where sometimes you want to save, 
And sometimes you want to, you know, go on vacation. You know, the mm -hmm. reality of it is, is that if you're in Paris, you're not worried about how much it costs to go up to the top of the Eiffel Tower. You know, right. When the sun shines, you got to, you, you got to make hay when the sun shines. Right. And so, uh, uh, and I think the same thing is true. You know, when it's Thanksgiving, uh, it's like, look, I, I try to stay away from animal protein, but a turkey or I'll, I'll eat a turkey at Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, it's, right. just, it's one of these things where the, the ancient societies did not celebrate by eating a salad. Right. 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 Yeah, and that's that's a great. This is a great, perfect analogy, and it's it's one I appreciate because as I change my habits, my eating habits all the time, you know, uh, I'm always trying to be sensitive to you know what's going on around me and who's eating around me and making sure that I'm not you know too much of an oddball with my with my diet. But uh, uh, Steve, back to you. In terms of uh, what I'd love to hear a little bit about is your work at Hillwork, and I know you have an interesting analogy behind the name you know, how you started. And I can imagine you probably have a, a similar philosophy with helping businesses out that you do for well-being, right? It's almost like, you know, a, an organization of businesses and an entity that needs good well-being assessment. It needs good uh, diagnosis, right? And then good uh, levels of discipline and consistency in right levels of business. So maybe you can, can, can you tell me a little bit about uh, Hillwork, um, how it started, what you do today and, um, you know, any analogies that you have with, um, you know, what you do through hill work and, and, you know, well-being. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, taking it, you know, kind of all the way back, you know, mm -hmm. I, uh, uh, I started my career in Silicon Valley and, uh, uh, very quickly got the startup bug, uh, very quickly became a, uh, a startup, uh, uh, executive. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I've done, you know, seven different startups. Uh, two of them have done uh, IPOs. There have been um, a number of follow-on acquisitions, either by uh, larger companies or private equity. And even for one of the, the startups, uh, we uh, proverbially gave the money back. So, mm. uh, you know, it's it's one of these things where uh, I've experienced a lot of different things. And one right. of the things that, um, that I really saw was that every startup company has this issue of kind of pulling through the knothole where, you know, you, uh, you've got a, a good enough uh, thing to get going. You've got a good enough thing to kind of build up some early customers who are there with you in the early, uh, in the early days, but then it's about, okay, well, how do you then transition from that to something that's very repeatable and something scalable? Uh, so it's often called pulling through the knothole. You know, Jeff Moore wrote a book, back in the, the 90s called Crossing the Chasm. So mm -hmm. it's also called Crossing the Chasm. And so, you know, one of the things that as a uh, uh, as an executive who had most of his background in product management, I really kind of saw that it was really this pulling through the knothole that's, that's very, very tough. Uh, right. You've got to do it. It makes you stronger. Uh, uh, it sets you up uh, for, you know, future races. But it's a, it's a pretty painful thing to do and you don't want to do it, you know, all the time. Mm. So, you know, ultimately when, uh, you know, I kind of decided to, uh, uh, to kind of start, you know, my own consulting business, I was looking for a name and to that I turned to my own uh, former practice as a, a marathon runner. And I think the, the thing to me that made the biggest difference was an area called uh, hill work. So, you know, you'll have endurance work, you'll have form work, you'll have speed work. There's a lot of different kinds of training uh, that you'll do, but... Uh, but I found the hill work, which is really a strength training 
area where you basically sprint up hills, you walk down, you sprint up hills again, <laughs> you walk mm-hmm. down. Uh, that was actually uh, the component of training that made the biggest difference. But you can't just be in that mode forever because uh, it takes away from all your other training. You know, you're too tired after doing hill work to do uh, endurance training or speed work or you know anything of that sort. And I felt that that was also, you know, really this whole notion of you know, getting help, you know, pulling through the knot hole, which is you don't want to be in that phase all the time, but it's it's a time in which you get your greatest levels of improvement. And so that's what I've at least tried to help, you know, companies do along the way. I love it. I love it, Steve. No, this is this is great. And I love the analogy in it. And it sounds like you, you know, based on your experience and going through what you've gone through, you know, you're helping companies get through the most critical evolution point of that, themselves as a as an organization, right? As a group. And, uh, you know, to really go from, you know, something works and to, to grow and scale and set up that culture for growth. And so, um, no, this is great to really hear, you know, what you're, what you're doing today and where you've been. Um, see, I guess one of my, uh, you know, last questions here that I'm kind of curious about is, you know, you talked a lot about, you know, well-being on a personal basis, on a macro level, and then it's analogies and, and parallels to business. I'm curious on, you know, and, and obviously you see a lot in, in early stage companies, right? You see a lot of technology that supports health technology companies, and that could be a, a solution fit for big healthcare problems, ones that we're, we're talking about here that, you know, we experience on a personal basis. I'm curious on what you see the future of health shaping up to be, whether it's the health market or maybe said another way, tell me about the future of health according to Steve. Well, okay. And so according to Steve, it's going to be a really, really narrow uh, slice of the world because I've taken a particular uh, interest in some things. So, Mm. you know, I mentioned that I was an electrical engineer by background. I did my, I got a bachelor's and master's degree from MIT and my area was in signal processing. So my master's thesis was about, you know, multispectral imaging, um, you know, basically to, you know, for use in sensors. And Mm. so uh, I have been, um, you know, really interested in how uh, how sensors and radiation work. So, for example, uh, uh, one company that I invested in, uh, Otonexus, uh, uh, was very close to my heart because what they're doing is air-coupled ultrasound to uh, detect the presence of fluid uh, and the viscosity of that fluid behind the eardrum. Mm. And, you know, while there, there is still some ongoing debate as to whether or not you can really detect, say, for the example, the difference between a viral infection and a bacterial infection. The point of the matter is, is that, uh, that you can actually start using data. You can actually start using, uh, you know, ultrasound measured uh, uh, readings for uh, both the presence of fluid and its viscosity. And I believe that as that uh, as that data becomes available, you'll be able to change uh, the standard of care. Uh, mm. I believe another company I invested in was a company called uh, uh, Lightline Medical. And what they're doing is they are using visible light radiation uh, to actually as an antimicrobial. So mm. rather than trying to solve the problem, either chemically or biochemically or through, through you know, uh, uh, antibiotics and other drugs, they're actually trying to go solve that with uh, visible radiation, which does not damage uh, uh, other materials like those used in catheters. And so their first application is actually going to be to basically line uh, uh, catheters with fiber optics with a, uh, a visible light source that, uh, that will kill bacteria. And I'm like, 
you know, to me that 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 kind of innovation is exciting because you don't have the same effects of antibiotic resistance, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, by using radiation. Wow. I I see uh, technologies like uh, uh, you know that are coming out that uh, uh, where you're hitting the pockets. Like take for example. Uh, EMR uh, systems that have been adopted by big hospitals. Well, it turns out that if you uh, drop into uh, skilled nursing facilities or, or or small clinics that use you know traveling uh, providers, uh, you, you don't have those same kind of information systems that are actually deployed. Most of the stuff is very old school. So I'm mm -hmm. really excited. For example, about a uh, a company called uh, Pixamed that is uh, 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 that that started their technology uh, you looking at wound care measurement, automated wound care measurement using the, the camera on your iPhone, but very quickly upon realizing the problem with skilled nursing facilities and these clinics with traveling physicians saying, well, the data's got to land somewhere. So you've got this great digitally acquired measurement <laughs> you know, of the wounds, but you need you don't have a good place for the data to land. And wow. so you quickly pivoted into you know, electronic, you know, medical record systems that are downstream. And, you know, candidly, you know, Anthony, I'm excited about, you know, what, what your company is doing, which is saying, hey, let's, you know, look at, you know, these social determinants of health, which is, hey, let's go beyond now what, what the information systems themselves are doing, but how do we broaden this to actually try to improve outcomes? And all of these things are about how you do things evidence-based, how mm -hmm. you utilize technology, uh, uh, beyond what the pharmaceutical companies are pitching, you know, themselves to improve outcomes. Mm, mm, no, I, I love it. I love it. And, uh, no, this is great, Steve. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going through some technologies that are, you know, you're seeing these come to fruition, right? And it's going to shape up for a very interesting future. A very exciting. It's a, it's a, it's a super exciting time to be in health. And I know you and I have talked about this in the past and yeah. um, you're kind of like me, if, if it's not relatively, if it's not a technology or server that that's improving the, the quality of life of people, the health of people, I know I can't get out of bed for, for anything that's, that's not in this space. Right. I mean, there's drone startups, there's AI startups, you know, there's, there's uh, quantum computing. Now those are all great, cool things. But if I can't draw a line to helping someone being healthy, um, it, it just, it just doesn't excite me, you know, and, uh, but Steve, this is really great. I really appreciate you laying out the landscape and thank you, you know, for the shout out and kudos, uh, you know, about health hero as well. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting and rewarding and it's, it's a, it's a beautiful time to be in healthcare, but I, I really am excited about your business, what you do. And it's great to see that your focus, um, you come at it from a, a really great foundation of discipline. And, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, consultants and, and, you know, service partners, it's really important to understand the why behind someone, why someone does something, their discipline, their willpower. And, you know, personally, I believe that that's everything, you know, if you can focus and master yourself and overcome anything that, that has come your way, you know, it's, it's, it just, it just, you know, paves a really great future. So, um, Steve, my, my very last question I promise is, sure contact uh wise or social media if our listeners would like to get in touch with you directly or social media wise and inter interact with you on social media what would be a great way to do so oh that's a that's a a great question so i guess if you uh you want to email me you can just go up to my uh, uh website hillwork.com if you want to uh, uh connect on twitter um uh, uh at steve underscore pal that's spelled p-a-o 
Uh, if you want to catch me on LinkedIn, I'm, uh, I was an early guy on LinkedIn, uh, being in the Valley. So I'm just Steve P. Oof. So uh, www.linkedin.com slash in slash Steve P. So, you know, lots of different ways to, to get in touch. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Steve, it was super rewarding to have you on the show to speak about your, your, your origin story, your past, your, your present focus, how you over, overcome, uh, you, know, uh, you know, things along the way. And then most importantly, how what you're doing and your focus and your, your, your viewpoints of health, um, you know, it all just really blends together very nicely. And, you know, it's great to just jam out with you about just health in general and business. And uh, so, Steve, thank you so much. This was very rewarding for myself. And uh, this was great. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And thanks for hosting uh, uh, this podcast. I, I think it's it's just such a cool uh, format and just way to get uh, way to get information out there. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, appreciate the support. We really do. And uh, again, we'll love to have you back as you as you see and do more in health and uh, just, you know, grow in business. You continue to grow your business, etc. You know, always love to have you back and just share, you know, what you're doing. This was uh, this was super rewarding. So really appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Okay, thanks.